Welcome to the business of being well. If you're a hands-on practitioner who wants to grow a profitable business without working your life away, you're in the right place. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the business of being well. I have a new guest to chat with you today, and her name is Martina Thomason. She currently lives in Norway, was born in Norway, lived in Australia for a while, lives in Norway again. So you'll hear that in in um, her voice. <laughs> uh, Martina, if you'll go ahead and introduce yourself, in, oh my goodness, introduce yourself and share a bit about who you are and what you do. We'll just dive into the conversation from there. Yeah. So. Um... I'm an entrepreneur coach and being an entrepreneur has been a fascination of mine since I was 14 years old. So when I went to the university, I decided to do a Bachelor of Commerce with a triple degree in marketing management and entrepreneurship and innovation because I was so drawn to that at an early age. And I did that in Australia. And once I graduated, I went on to do some competitions within entrepreneurship and and um, it's a thing called startup weekend I think it's a global thing now uh, but they host it locally and my team actually won back in 2012 and I did another round and we came third so I've been like playing around um, in the entrepreneurial area for a while and then moving back to Norway I did my master's degree in digital marketing and I have all these interests and I think that that is true for most um, entrepreneurs as well like we like to think outside of the box and some people also have a difficulty in settling on that one core thing um, but basically I, I found my thing in coaching where I could really bring everything together from both the marketing aspect to the entrepreneurial through the more holistic that I'm so into um, I suppose more on a hobby basis I have been you know like just diving in pretty much all of my spare hours into like research and personal development and uh, trauma work and um, everything psychology so really bringing that all together with the coaching so so that was sort of how all of the loose ends came together for me yeah, I have a similar story. <laughs> That's like, yeah. I had a lot of interest and it kind of just kept putting one foot forward, one foot in front of the other. And all of those interests sort of blended into the work that I do now. So you mentioned that you have a master's degree in digital marketing. And I thought that's that's really interesting because I'm sure I can only imagine really that your studies in digital marketing in a university setting were very like, tactical, like do this, do this, do this. And then some theory added in. Um, but what's, what I find interesting about this is that people can learn those tactical things. They can learn the strategies and still not do them. Exactly. And that's something that I'm really diving into now. And I'm realizing more and more and more, the, the more clients that I take on that it's not actually the, uh, marketing and the strategy because you can just jump on Google or on YouTube and and learn all of the things like it's freely available with all of the information but what I found was that it's the psychological aspects that trips people up like they're afraid of putting themselves out there yeah. they are afraid of being judged um you know, there's already so many people out there doing what I do. So there's not really any space for me. I came late to the party, like that train has passed. Or it might even also be trauma 
uh, informed. So mm-hmm. people get really triggered when thinking of putting themselves out there. So they go into a freeze pattern. Yep. So something that they could talk about all day, all night with friends, they're now like lost for words and they don't know what to share because they're just all frozen up. And that's something that I'm actually developing right now. I'm considering writing a book about it. <laughs> when I was still offering one-to-one coaching, um, I, I had one client in particular. I think if she hears this, she'll know that I'm talking about her. <laughs> I want to be careful to not give identifying information. But we worked together for probably about two years and she really wanted to grow her practice. She wanted to make more money. And yet she was at this place that a lot of service-based providers get to where it's really hard for them to see any more. It's hard for them to grow their business. It's hard for them to make more money because it's hard for them to see more patients or clients because their schedule is so full and they're feeling really overwhelmed and pulled in all the different directions of being the care provider Um, being the business owner and also taking care of their family and then also taking care of themselves and trying to find the balance of all those things. It's a very hard phase of business. For sure. So there were things that she knew that she could do. And she initially came to me like for strategy and we would talk about the strategy and in like the action steps and then she would not do them. And (laughs) part of it was because she really struggled to have the time, like to make the time to do those things that she was already feeling uh, afraid to do. But it was mostly because she was feeling so afraid to do those things. And it was like, no matter what I did as her coach for almost two years, no matter what I did, she didn't do those things. Yeah. It was a very, um, it was a very deep learning experience for me as a facilitator as a coach, because it was one of the first times that I had worked with someone who like the the pattern of the fear of visibility, it was so strong that no matter what I said to her, no matter how much I encouraged her, no matter how many times I helped her um, create positive affirmations and, and like, you know, change her fear-based thoughts, she still didn't do the things. Yeah. And it depends how deep the deep the trauma goes as well. Like some people actually need to see a therapist, for example, working with a somatic therapist, because um, a lot of trauma sits in the body. And yep. there's a really great book called The Body Keeps Score. I think I'm it actually is. reading that right now. I just started it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't gone all the way through it myself either. It's I've only long like, book. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a lot of things to digest. So yeah. it's like pick up now and then digest for a bit and then pick up again later. Um, so yeah, so that might be beneficial to some, you know, in correlation with working with a coach because it really goes so deep. And like me personally, I'm also certified as a, it's like a modality for inner child work. So um, I've worked with a lot of people that have had, had like that have had deep traumatic experiences and I think that's one of the edges that I have with my coaching is that um, when my clients sign up for a longer program, they get one session where we really go deep into that. And it's more like a visualization process because our subconscious speaks in feelings and um, visions rather than words, because words are more like consciously and it's processed on a different level of your, or, of your mind. Uh, so it's kind of, I suppose, could be, 
um, it could be, I can't remember the word, it could be compared to hypnosis, I suppose, but it's more like an interactive thing. Um, but I want to mention too, in terms of not daring to put their, when people don't dare to put themselves out there um, or when they don't just, they just never get themselves to do it. It's because they're gaining something from not doing it. And, you know, they're gaining, yes. yeah, like they're gaining their safety they they stay within the confines of uh, what they know and a lot of people would call this self-sabotage but I actually have a pretty different view on it because the way I see it is that the person that is uh, let's call it the inner critic the one that is putting you down and telling you like I don't know how to do this and who am I that's actually a really effective strategy from the part of yourself that trying to keep you safe. So it is just going to uh, pour all of these negative thoughts and things over you so that you stay safe. So it's actually a part of you trying to keep you safe. It's actually not self-sabotage. It's a self-preserving mechanism. <laughs> That's such an interesting way to look at it because I talk about both of those things, self-sabotage and self-protection, and that our nervous system is designed to protect us from things that feel like threats or danger. Right. Yeah. And I don't think that I've really had that perspective that like, those are two opposite things and yet they can sometimes show up in the same scenario and just kind of isolating them. If you can, if you can, first of all, isolate them and, and just knowing like how to facilitate someone through either or both of those um, experiences. Exactly. Because just think about how we speak. We can say things like, uh, one part of me really wants to get on social media because I feel like I have so much to share with people. I've got so much value to share. But then you have this other part of you but that's saying like, oh, but I don't know how to. And, you know, I'm probably really shit at it. Like, pardon my French, but like, you're like really talking yourself down. And that those are just two aspects of yourselves that are having different perspectives. So if you can talk to both of them, like if you can really sink into this one being the scared one, sorry, I speak a lot with my hands. I hope people that are listening to the podcast can follow. So the person on the left is really scared. And if we really talk to that person or that part of ourselves and, and don't judge it and come from a very validating space, then we can find some real good gems and, and just like, okay, well, I hate to put my face out there, but I'll be comfortable on a podcast. Okay, great. Let's start with that. Or like, I'm dead scared to do things alone. Okay. Well, maybe in a conversation with someone else would be better. And, and just like take one baby step, step at a time and really validate that it's you're like that or having those feelings for a reason, like all feelings are valid. We just want to sort of bridge the gap between the two extremes. There is a, I don't know, I'll call this a coaching strategy mm -hmm. that from my understanding originated from Landmark. I don't know if you're familiar with Landmark. Um, I haven't gone through training at Landmark, um, but I've been coached by several people who have gone through Landmark training. I didn't know that this was even a thing until after I started to practice this myself. You and I have talked about this before that in this process of growth, whether it's personal growth or business growth, entrepreneurial growth, um, that 
in order to have different results that we don't have right now, meaning more money, um, a bigger house, <laughs> like yeah. um, paying off your student loan debt, whatever it might be, that you have to become someone different. We, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you is because I see so many people asking, well, how do I do that? How do I do this? How do I get that? How do I have that? And I'm like, well, actually you have to start first by knowing who it is you have to become to get that or who it is you have to become to do the things that then like leads you to the reality, the results, the having. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is all related for someone that's listening and they're, and they're like, oh, it, this feels like um, really high level coaching types of, of um, Concepts? discussion. <laughs> yes. Um, this, this is all the same thing identifying how you identify yourself, changing how you look at yourself, changing how you think about yourself is one of the keys to overcoming that fear of visibility. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing, like um, I saw a quote once saying, uh, if you always do the same shit that you always done, you're going to still get the same shit that you always got. <laughs> like it's so spot on and it really starts with our mindset and another coach um once said I can't remember her name at the moment but she said uh don't get don't get stuck in the how greed like she called it how greed like you're greedy for all the house like but just tell me how just tell me how and the fascinating thing about that is that only a student mindset would be in the how a leader's mindset or a, a, call it a successful person's mindset would be like um, it wouldn't ser- seek out externally like how do others people do it how how can I do it how can I get it explained by others they ask themselves more strategic questions such as how is it already true that I can have this how is it already true that I am creating this how is it already true that I have everything that I need? And, and really just, and, and that's sort of part of the belief bridging that I mentioned for you as well. Like you have a limiting belief at the moment and you have this other belief that you'd rather have. And the way that you bridge those two is to ask yourself the question, how is it already true? Because then your brain goes out on a hunt to find these answers within yourself rather than always just asking, but how, but how, but how, and thinking that if you get that magic pill, everything will get solved for you. Can you give an example of a limiting belief and the, and the antithesis or the opposite of a limiting belief in, in this conversation? Like when someone is, especially when they're looking for the how, how do I grow my business? How do I make, make more money? Um, how do I get more clients, whatever it might be. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're skipping. They, they probably don't even know. They're not even aware that in order to, in order for the how to become apparent to you, you have to first go through these steps. You have to look yeah. at what's already true. <laughs> right. Can you yeah. Give so I just first want to um, give them a, a little insight as to how to change their angle of looking at this and and that is that when we look at ourselves 
we tend to close off because it's just little me or, you know, like we have put all these restrictions on ourselves. But if we were to ask ourselves, like, if there's something, someone that we look up to and we say, okay, so what would Danielle do? Because they see you as a very successful person. All of a sudden you open up your mind because it's not about you anymore. And all of a sudden, all of these amazing answers come, oh, well, she will probably like reach out to this magazine. She would probably just pitch to that podcast. And all of a sudden um, you just expand your mind because it's not about you and it's not so scary. Um, so that's one way. Um, and to come back to the example around the, the growing a business. So for example, if we're stuck in, I don't know how to build a business, then, um, your desired belief might be, I run a successful business. And then you could ask yourself, how is it already true that I'm running a successful business? Yes. You know, like, how can I, okay, let's define a successful business. A successful business means that I have X amount of clients or um, that I have X, like X amount of hours of freedom at the moment, or I live in a beautiful house. Um, you know, I have an assistant, I have an operating uh, calendar. Like you can go down, like if you have to start small, just start small. Like I have all the education I need. I have a network that I can talk to. Um, and just really play with it. And I mean, if you must take a glass of red wine and invite some friends over and just come up with the craziest ideas as to why you're already successful. I actually do this every day. Awesome. And I think that is a very big part of how I've been able to grow a business to multiple six figures um, and then tear it all down and rebuild it <laughs> to multiple six figures yeah. in, in like mm, six months time. Yeah. Um, because I do this every day. Yeah. yeah. You got that mindset. So if you have that mindset, you can redo it over and over again because you know the process of doing it. You've, you've done it before. So if you had to tear it down, you would know sort of what would go into it and you have a self-concept that you can do it because you have evidence already as well. Well, I mean, it, it sounds easy now, <laughs> right? But at the time, and, and there are still many, many days and many times throughout many days that I'm like, is this, am I doing the right thing? Like, can I, do I have what it takes? Oh, now I'm competing against this person or that person. Wait, am I competing against that person? Is that really true? Like there's so many stories and so much doubt and so many limiting beliefs that go through my head every day that without having this practice every day, I would just be spiraling around in all that self-doubt. I have spent a lot of time and money and energy in, uh, like in my own coaching, uh, whether it was one-to-one -one coaching or masterminds or group coaching or courses or programs over the last seven years. And people often ask me, um, how did you learn to build an online business? And I'm like, well, I spent a hundred thousand dollars on all these different programs, <laughs> all these different people. And here's, here's the list. It's like, 
you know, a full sheet of like 20 lines. So if you want to go do that, awesome. You can go do that. Or you can just start asking yourself every day, who is it that you need to be to have what it is you want to have? But it also means you've got to be clear on what you want to have. And a lot of people are not clear on that. So I guess that's really the first step. Would you, what are your thoughts? Do you need to be clear on what, what you want the outcomes to be? Like, do you need to have clarity on a revenue goal? Do you need to have clarity on, um, well, why you want to reach that revenue goal? What are you going to do with that money? How is it going to change the world? How is it going to change your family? Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a really important proponent. Like establishing your why will get you through the hard times and reminding yourself of that. Another thing that you can do to get yourself through the hard or tough or challenging times would be to read uh, customer testimonials, you know, like knowing that this is valuable work. So you get yourself back on the horse that way. Um, I do think though, that sometimes goals can be overwhelming to people if they don't do it correctly. So something that is really fun to do is to write down a list of uh, all the things that you would ideally achieve, say, for example, within one year, three years and five years. And you just put that list to the side and then you have smaller, more incremental goals. And it can be um, simply having more fun with marketing. That has been super effective for myself as well, because it takes the pressure off having to perform form all the time. But a natural consequence of having more fun with marketing is that you do more of it and your energy attracts more people that enjoy watching your content. And so like you could also be more playful with things and not, I suppose, uh, be a little bit more flowy with it and not necessarily so masculine about it, if that makes sense. Um, so I think mixing it up is a good way to to trial and learn Awesome. Okay. So, um, imagine that there's a person that's listening to this podcast right now. There's probably about, I don't know, a few hundred of them that'll fit this description. Uh, So let me just add the disclaimer. If anyone that's listening thinks I'm talking about you, well, maybe I am describing you, but I'm also talking about hundreds of other, possibly thousands of other people who are experiencing the same thing that you're experiencing. So, Imagine that there's a person who um, has been um, running their practice for like a decade, 12, 14 years already. And that person has um, a wait list. People are like calling every day to try to get in to see this practitioner. And there's no room in her schedule to get people in for, you know, sometimes two, three weeks or longer. But people are hurting And that's why they're calling and they, and she feels incredibly guilty that she cannot get these people in sooner. Mm -hmm. She wants to make more money. She wants to have more time freedom. (laughs) She is constantly tired. Her body always hurts from the work that she does because it's so physical and she doesn't really get to spend the time that she wants to with her family, much less work on her own health. What do you want to share with her right now? Well, the fact that you have that many customers reaching out to you that you can't even cover it says um, some, uh, it's like a quite a, a basic thing in business uh, and it's called the supply and demand axis. Yeah. And when you have such demand and you only have so many hours, it makes sense to raise your prices. And some people might argue that, you know, um, yeah, but I want to help everyone, but it's like, 
Yes, but those people can be referred to other practitioners that might be really great as well, but they just haven't, like, those people just haven't tried going to them yet, so they, they might really like them. But we don't have to be martyrs and, and you know, like, throw ourselves under, under the bus and um, not focus on our own health to in order to keep prices low. Like, it would be a lot more, you would show up better per person by increasing your price and um, and that would also allow you to get more time freedom. Another thing that you could do if you wanted to was to create, a, for example, an online program that was more preventative, you know, and uh, there could be like certain exercises for this problem and then certain for that program. And so she might get less clients, but each of them pay more. And the clients that can't afford coming to her still gets the great exercises at a lower price. And the, the chiropractor or practitioner, um, yeah, gets to share value, but also gets to be a human being enjoying her life as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just this week already, it's only Wednesday right now, as you and I are talking, but just this week already, I've had I don't know, probably five conversations on Zoom with individuals who are the pure the person that I just described. They yeah. they feel like they have to be available. They have to be cheap and affordable. They have to be available all the time for for people, just yeah. for people in general, because they know that people are hurting and they want to not be. Yeah. And, um, and they make it their job to save everybody. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're sinking, like their own boat is sinking. Yeah. So I'm really so, glad that you said that because this is exactly what I what I suggest people do is increase your fees. If you if your practice has a wait list and you can't get people in as soon as they want to be seen and you're overwhelmed, increase your fees. Yes, you can hire another practitioner and you can train that person to do exactly what you do. And you're gonna probably need to look for that person for six to 18 months. In the meantime, if you increase your fees, it's going to make things much more simple for you. Yeah. Everyone's afraid to do it though. They're always afraid. Yeah. And that's the thing. Until they do it. And then they're like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that comes back to what they're thinking, you know, like what they're thinking about the consequences, you know, like, well, maybe I'll lose all my clients. It's like, you won't. Like if people hurt and they know that you're good, they place a high value on getting you to fix it for them. So some might fall off, some might not afford it, but that's that's like it's not our job to provide for everyone. And and it's like it sounds like there's a huge boundary issue here as well, like for the practitioners um, to work on self-worth and boundary because um, if they're sacrificing their own health, that means that they're sacrificing the quality of their family life and they're also teaching their children to not have boundaries. And, you know, that's most likely not what they want for their children to, to run that same race that, that they did. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So tell me a bit more before we wrap up what you offer, how you work with people. Yeah. So I work one-to-one and I, um, I want to offer for your audience that if they do want, like if they 
have not tried a coach before or if they have, but if they want to contact me, then I'm more than happy to give them one free hour of coaching just to help them out and just let me know that you've heard me on this podcast. Um, so what I do is when I first start out working with people, I have sort of an intake where I look at all of the different things for uh, their business and also a little bit about their private life as well in terms of it's basically just to cover how they think because most of the time how we do something is how we do everything and our mindset sort of seeps throughout how we run our business as well so we're just mentioning boundaries like that might be something that is both in their private life and in their business and might have to be angled or looked at both places in order to be really effective so we have a really big intake and then I sort of um, from that can see the patterns emerge and then we know exactly what to work on in order to get the goals that they would most ideally like to have and create a roadmap for that. And then I work with them for a certain amount of time and um, we always go through their wins. So really focusing on celebrating and learning to do that because I think as women, uh, most of the time we just like don't spend enough time celebrating ourselves. So that's a huge proponent yes. as well. <laughs> so, yeah, basically just helping uh, service-based entrepreneurs to reach their goals in a holistic way and um, also helping them out with effective marketing from a more holistic perspective. Awesome. Okay, if someone would like to take you up on that offer for an hour of coaching with you, yeah. where's the place for them to go to find that? So the easiest way is just to go on Instagram uh, and my handle is at Martina Thomason coaching, all in one word, um, and just send me a direct message and I'd be happy to connect with you. Awesome. Martina, thank you so much for everything that you've shared today and um, for having this conversation because everything that we've talked about is like, it's so applicable for our audience. Um even if they don't quite know it yet, hopefully we can share this information with more people before they find themselves overwhelmed and burned out. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And most times people don't um, find my podcast or find my community, you know, my, my Facebook group and things like that until yeah. they are really struggling with feeling burned out. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, it seems that we have to hit rock bottom before we realize we need to ask for help or, or do something. So I really hope we can spread this far and wide and just get people to like, just put on the brakes before, before they hit the wall. Yeah, me too. Thank you again so much. Thank you. Do you want to make more money without squeezing more patients or clients onto your schedule? If that's you, be sure to take my free class. In it, you'll learn how to bring leveraged income into your practice so you can work less, live more, and help more people than ever before. You can get signed up by going to drdanielleaton.com and click free.